Good morning. Thank you. Uh, The reading this morning is taken from Acts 4, verses uh, 32 to Acts 5, verse um, 11. It can be found on page 1096 of your uh, Pew Bibles. Uh, That's 1096. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, For from time to time, those who earned lands or houses sold them, brought the money for the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias heard this. He fell down and died. And a great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward and wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, what is the price you and Ananias got for the land? She said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church, and all who heard about these events. This is the word of the Lord. So let's pray for Neil now. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for Neil's message to us. We just pray that you will speak to all of us in word and spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. 
So the title for today's talk is, Are You Serious? I wonder what you think about this story about Ananias and Sapphira. It's a bit shocking, isn't it? Helen said, you're going to talk about them falling down dead. This is extraordinary. And yes, we are going to talk about them falling down dead because we can't choose which bits of this book we think are nice and we want to believe. We have to let this book speak to us. All of Scripture is God-breathed and useful for correcting and teaching and training and rebuking. So we need to look at all of this. If we're doing a sermon series on Acts, we're not going to skip over this little episode because it doesn't quite fit with perhaps how we might want to share our faith. We need to listen to this and see what it's going to teach us. So today we're thinking about this story of Ananias and Sapphira and what happened to them. And the more I thought about this and uh, the title for the talk, the more I think we should approach it in two ways. Are you serious? Are you serious that a small lie could prove fatal to two people? That's one question. And the second question is, are you serious about your faith? That's what this passage was saying to me. Am I serious about my faith? The essential issue here is about integrity, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. And we've seen in the last weeks that that's still important today, haven't we? Our health secretary, who is doing probably quite a good job, had to resign because despite telling us all the rules and criticizing all those who broke the rules, a picture emerges of him in his private office clearly breaking the rules. He didn't resign because he had an affair and he let down his wife and his family and his friends. He resigned because he didn't do what he said we should all do and he, by inference, was going to do. His actions did not back up his words because actions do have consequences. Jesus warned us that all things that are hidden will come to light. What happens to Ananias and Sapphira is an extreme example of this. It's a passage that is important, so we need to look at it carefully and see what happened here. So at this point in the story, the believers are growing in number, and they're all based in the same place in Jerusalem. And at that time in Jerusalem, they'd have had to be buying the food and the provisions to keep their community going. And so some of the believers started to share their possessions in order to provide for others. And it says that none of them were in need. Everybody had enough. Everybody had enough. They had a shared vision and a shared goal, and that gave them the impetus to make big sacrifices so that they could look out for one another and share one another, share with one another as they made progress. And selling land in Israel was a big deal. It was a big thing to do because remember, God had given to Israel this land, and all of the land had been apportioned equally between the tribes. Back in the Old Testament, there was provision for the land to be returned to its owners. Ownership of the land was a big thing. 
When you owned land, you had an inheritance to pass on. When you owned land, you had identity and status. So selling land was a big thing. But they even started to do this. Because Jesus taught them that stuff and money can get in the way of our relationships. Our relationships with one another and our relationship with God. And these followers took Jesus' teaching seriously. They started to live in a way that made sense because of the teaching of Jesus. And just for a moment, we get a glimpse of the kingdom of God breaking through into our world. Everybody had enough. Nobody was in need. This is how the world is meant to work. Did you know that even today, this world produces enough food for everybody on our planet? This world, God made with the capacity to feed everybody. But tonight, 690 million people will go to bed hungry. About 9% of the population of our planet. Because that food is not shared equally. Some have too much. And that means others have too little. There is enough for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. This is not a simple problem to solve. But if we are followers of Jesus, we need to speak up about that injustice. An injustice that's only getting worse because of climate change. Because now more people are displaced, more people are refugees because of climate crises than through conflict. This is a situation that's going to get worse. And we need to speak up because every time we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're talking about. The kingdom of God breaking through. An end to inequality and injustice. A new world because a new world is possible if Jesus is Lord. So Barnabas leads the way in this selling of his land and he brings the money and he places it at the apostles' feet. There are no strings attached. They can use it as they need to. It's up to them what they do with this money. He brings it all and he places it at their feet. And Ananias and Sapphira, they see Barnabas's gesture. They see what he's done and they want some of that respect that Barnabas gets from the people but they think that they can do it on the cheap. So they come up with a plan, they sell their land, but they decide to keep back some of the money for themselves. They have to have discussed this. They've planned it. It's not just a mistake. It's something that they do as a deliberate ploy. And first, Peter confronts Ananias. He asks him, why do you do this? Why do this? What made you think of doing such a thing? Do you not realize that you've lied to God, not just to us? And when he heard this, Ananias falls down dead. But his wife hasn't heard what's happened. So when she arrives, Peter challenges her and she has to stick to the same story. She knows what the story is. She sticks to her lines. Peter confronts her. Is this the price? And there's the same consequence. Sophia drops down dead and the young men come to carry her out and bury her by her husband. What does this show us? Above all else, for this group of people, this little church that was starting to grow, honesty and integrity were vital. 
the disciples were just a small group starting out. Their initial values and vision were all that they had. They had this teaching from Jesus and they had to explain his message. They had to pass it on and they had to set out in the right direction. If they'd got that direction wrong, if they'd let lies steer them away from their true path, they would have been lost. When I was in the cadets one uh, week, they sent us off uh, on, a, on, on exercises uh, which were meant to make us uh, stronger and better and uh, ended up in more blisters than uh, I could mention. But one of the days, we went up on the Brecon Beacons and we had to find our way from one contact point to another. And as we got up onto the hills, the cloud came down so that we could only see about 50 feet in front of us. But it was okay because we had our maps and our compasses. And if we got the right bearing on the compass and we lined it up with where we wanted to go on the map, if we stuck to that bearing, we would get to where we wanted to go. But if we started out on the wrong bearing, in the wrong direction, well, the outlook wasn't so good. There were lots of cliffs that we could have fallen off. If we'd walked for a couple of hours on the wrong bearing, we'd have ended up way away from where we were meant to be. Do you see, where you start out from makes it even more important that you set out in the right direction when you start out. And for the disciples, starting out, building a community, that community had to be built upon trust. They had a difficult message to share. They had this message that Jesus, who everyone knew was crucified, was in fact alive. He had come back. He was resurrected. He was alive. Nobody would seen this before. No one would see it again in the same way. This was an amazing message that they had to pass on. If people knew that they lied within their congregation, within their community, they wouldn't have trusted them to tell them this message, which is almost unbelievable. Some of those disciples, some of those apostles, they died because they would not go back on the truth that they had come to know. They were martyred because of this truth. They had to hold on to that truth. That truth was so important. They could not allow lies to become part of who they were. It was crucial for them to set out. It was all about integrity. Just a little lie here or there would have completely destroyed them. We know that we all struggle to keep the rules. We were just talking at the start of the service about how on a Zoom meeting you can sometimes do something else as well as paying attention to the screen. And you cannot give the, your whole attention to the screen. You sort of do something else and then you find yourself checking the football score or how the cricket's going when really you're meant to be doing a training course. And all of those little things that drag you away from doing what you're meant to do, from being honest about who you are and where you are, all of those little things, they diminish our integrity, don't they? Each little lie erodes away at our souls. We need to be people of integrity. And at this point in the story, it was really a binary choice. It was either in or out of this community. I don't know if any of you have been watching the tennis this week, but there was a man who said a few years ago, you can't be serious. And he was saying something about a line call. You can't be serious. The ball was in. 
or the ball was out, because the ball can only be one of two things. It can't be a bit in or a bit out. In tennis, it's either in or out. And nowadays, Paul McEnroe didn't live to play in these days. We have Hawkeye to back it up. The ball is either in or out. There is a binary choice. And for those disciples at that time, there was truth and there were lies. And this does seem an immense consequence for Ananias and Sapphira that they told this lie. But it was so important for the disciples at that time. If they didn't have their integrity, they had nothing. So what does this mean for us here at St. Jude's today? What does it mean for us if we think about, are we serious about our faith? Am I serious about my faith? Another angle to look at it would be, what would St. Jude's look like if we lived in the same way as these early Christians? If we lived with complete integrity and honesty? Over the last months, we've been working on our values and our vision here at St. Jude's so that just like that first church, we've got a clear focus and we can be intentional about who we are. We've got a new vision about where we want to go. But unless that's backed up with integrity, it will get us nowhere. And as we come out of this huge period of change for our nation, for our world, we need to be ready to spread the world about another way of living. That is possible. We need to tell people that Jesus is alive and that with his help we can build a better world where there is less injustice, where inequality goes down instead of going up further, where isolation and loneliness are tackled, where the breakdown of family life gets reversed and the mess that we've made of the world's climate might just turn around. We know that at the end of this pandemic, people are tired and people are in need of time to recover. But it will help them in that recovery if they know where they're going and that there is a hope for a better world. Here today, we've got to ask ourselves, are we serious about our faith? As we, moved, as we move on, people have been opened up to the possibility that another world is possible. We've seen in this pandemic that we can talk to our neighbour a bit more and look out for them. And that's been good. And we don't have to stop that once the pandemic ends. We've seen that we can house all the homeless people in our city. We managed to do that in this pandemic. Why can't we go on doing that once we come out of it? And this pandemic should have taught us that we need to appreciate the people who provide the glue that hold our society together a bit more. The people like the teachers and the nurses, the shop workers, the care workers, the care home workers, the waste disposal operatives, or however you're meant to uh, call them today. Those people who go around making our society work, we need to give them a bit more respect, don't we? And a bit more honour in our society. We could build back better. It doesn't just need to be a political slogan. We don't need to leave it to the politicians. We can speak up. We can make a difference. And I think for us, the big question is, if we don't do it now, when we've got this opportunity, then when will we do it? And if we don't do it, then who will do it? If not now, then when? If not us, then who? We're here in this building and our networks reach out across this city. 
We have connections to schools and nurseries, to care homes, to our university, in shops, in all sorts of places. We have connections. And if people see us living with integrity and making sacrifices so that we can build a better community, they might just take notice again. As Moses put it to the people of God before they passed through the, over the Jordan, well, through the Jordan, into the promised land. Moses said, you've got a choice. The choice is life or death, blessings or curses. You choose. Moses said, choose life so that you and your children shall live. Love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice. Hold fast to him. Are you serious? Are you serious about your faith? Are you serious about making this world a better place? Seeing God's kingdom come. In these next months, we are entering a pivotal time for our nation. And we can choose to be the people that make that change happen. A change is needed. A change needs to come. And we need to ask ourselves, if not now, then when? And if not us, then who? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the one who's given us the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus, we see a way forward to a better world. Help us, Lord, to live with integrity and honesty. Help us to shine, to give our energy our time, our financial resources to serve your work, to see your kingdom come. Help us to be builders of your kingdom here in this city, here in our community, amongst our networks of friends and family. Lord, help us to be your people who make a difference, who see your kingdom come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.